Hey, what's up? Thanks for joining the podcast today. So I want to go over a few things. Um, <clears throat> go over some news that you may or may not be aware of or interested in. Um, and just some entertainment stuff. Uh, I want to start with, it's, let's see, today's Tuesday. So let's start with the most recent episode of House of the Dragon, uh, the Game of Thrones prequel on HBO that aired Sunday night. I watched it Monday. I work Sunday nights, so I watched it Monday uh, early in the day. And it is about to go down. I feel like the whole world, meaning people who watch the show, have been waiting for King Viserys, the old man, you know, the, the patriarch, the father of the family, the one holding, he's literally the glue holding all of these characters together. Rhaenyra, his young wife, Alicent, who's not, I mean, her, the actress is pretty young, but she's aged significantly since the show started. <clears throat> the grandchildren, um, his brother, Damon, who is my favorite character in the show. What a badass. Um, King Viserys is holding all these people together with his goodwill, his heart, his love. Seems like he's a good king whose downside is his heart. He's, he's soft with his family. Um, and certainly Alicent and her father... Otto Hightower have taken, you know, the hand of the king, the former hand of the king, then disgraced and outcast, and then brought back in. Definitely they are taking full advantage of the king's leprosy, drugging him, keeping him basically out of it uh 24/7 until this last episode when you know he specifically said I I don't want any I don't want the mil you know I want my mind clear um and upheld uh Rhaenyra's claim for her son to be the the ruler of Driftmark the lord of Driftmark now you know at the end of the episode the king kind of breathes his last breath, he passes away. And what happens is very interesting because there's some confusion going on. In that moment, it's clear to the viewers that he thought in his deliria uh, that he was speaking with Rhaenyra, who was by his bedside most of the episode, you know, um, trying to get things worked out for her family, but also because she loves her father and she's concerned about him. And he thought that he was speaking to her about a former conversation they had about the dagger that belonged to Aegon the Conqueror. And it just so happens that his oldest born son with Alicent is also named Aegon. <clears throat> she was unaware of the history of the dagger because only the heir to the throne is told that, that prophecy from Aegon, about Azor Ahai, the prince who was promised. And so when he says the name Aegon, naturally, you know, like any mother with a son, she assumes that he's talking about their son. And when he says, you, you know, the, the prophecy is about you, you can end this darkness. He, he, thinks that the king is specifically telling her you have to make sure that Aegon is the king. That's how she interpreted that. You have to make sure that he takes my place, that he sits on the throne. Um, and then he dies. So as far as she is concerned, it's, it's, for me, it's really easy to hate Alicent because of her backstory, how, you know, when we saw her, she was basically, uh, I mean, she's the daughter of the hand when we meet her. She's young, you know, maybe what, 12, 13 years old. And she's basically charming the king at the direction of her father. You know, the queen, Queen Emma dies in childbirth. 
and we see Rhaenyra and Alicent have this strained relationship as she starts spending more and more time, Alicent, with, with King Viserys uh, in secret. And then instead of marrying um, the daughter of Corlys Valerian, he chooses after his wife's past. You know, the king has to remarry, has to do his duty and produce, produce heirs. He chooses to go with his heart, with, which is Lady Alicent, which angered a lot of people, especially Corlys Valerian, um, who felt rejected and rejected for, you know, a common, you know, chambermaid, basically, you know, glorified chambermaid. And the thing that the viewers saw that, that they didn't see is that she was doing all this at the behest of her father. You know, he was telling her, you know, go to him, comfort him, blah, blah, blah. At one point in one episode, he asks, will you see the king tonight? And she says, if you wish. Uh, so it's pretty clear they're playing a game. Um, you know, they want to get their blood on the Iron Throne. And so it's very easy to hate her. But then it's very easy to understand, to empathize with her position of pushing her son to be the heir when you see that she truly does believe after this exchange that the king wants Aegon to be the heir. So that's going to set up what's going forward um, in the next episodes, in the next seasons. I, th I think they're going to drag this out over a few seasons. Um, I'm sure it's not going to be quick. Um, and some horrific things are going to happen. Some awesome things are going to happen. And it, it, it's interesting that they set this up. You know, people are, why all the time jumps? How come every episode, you know, it's five years later, it's six years later? Because they wanted to get to where you understood these characters who are in power right now, the older characters, Rhaenyra, Allison, Otto Hightower, um, all of these characters, you know, all of them, Damon, uh, and the relationship between the kids and how strained it was as kids in these different households with different expectations. As they grow up, why don't they get along? Why does Aemon hate... Um, his cousins. Why does, you know, why does uh, Damon feel a certain way? And so all that was necessary, and they could have drug it on for five or six seasons, and it would have been boring as hell. So they did, I think, the smart thing, and you know, just did time jumps. And everyone, everyone loved um, uh, the girl that played Rhaenyra when she was younger. I'm blanking out, Millie. Is her name Millie? Millie, I forget her name. She looks younger than she is. Um, and she did a fantastic job. Um, her name was... Yeah, I forget. Uh, but she did a fantastic job. I, I think... Um, is his name Matt Smith? The guy that plays Damon? Is awesome. I mean, perfectly cast. I think going forward, it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. Some of the stuff that, uh, that we're going to see is <laughs> it's going to be, there's going to be some real WTF moments. I don't want to spoil anything. I don't know how much, you know, people know or don't know, but, um, there's going to be some real, holy shit kind of moments that happen. And, um, I'm stoked. I think the series, when I when when it was announced years back, I thought, okay, whatever. They're just trying to squeeze some money out. You know, I think the last season of Game of Thrones, the original series, left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth. You know, I, there, and there were some good episodes in there, but but the ending just felt like they mailed it in. People were so dissatisfied. 
And with time in retrospect, I think personally, I've come to see that that's how life is sometimes. It's kind of perfect. It's kind of a perfect ending because we wanted it to button up every little storyline so neat and tidy and Jon Snow sits on the Iron Throne in King's Landing and rules benevolently. Um, or Arya, or, you know, someone of that nature. You know, or Jon Snow dies the hero and saves the... You know, we wanted something like that. That's not what we got. Um, you know, we got Bran on the Iron Throne. And there's a lot of controversy about him. Um why he didn't do certain things if he has green sight and he can see the past, present and future and he can warg into other people and he can even time travel and warg into people. Um, you know, he, he ruined an entire life. He ruined Hodor's life just so that Hodor could save him later. There's a lot of questions. Why didn't he do other things? You know, why didn't he go back and and stop his father from being murdered? And there's the more you think about it, the more questions you have. That's the problem, is the more you think about it, the more maddening it becomes. And people say, oh, he never wanted the throne. I don't think that's true. I think he does want the throne. I think that's why he made the choices he made with his time travel, his warging, with having Hodor protect him, I think he did want the throne, and he found a way. As convoluted as his, as his travel was, that was the way for him to end up on the Iron Throne, because he could have said no. Right? He could have said, no, I don't want it. And at that point, everyone was listening to him. He could have said, it needs to be so-and-so, but he didn't. He took it. So... I would love to see his story going forward because I, I don't think that he's the, I think a lot of people came away thinking, ah, oh, he was just this benevolent, you know, um, thing, MacGuffin plot device that was there that they used. you know, he's so OP with his abilities that when they wanted out, when they wanted an easy out, they just plugged him in and maybe that's true. But I also think that if you really break it down, he can't possibly be a benevolent despot, you know, uh, a, a king who's just there out of the goodness of his heart because of his abilities and, and his manipulation of events. You know, he kind of made all that stuff happen. And um, so it'll be interesting see, knowing that they're doing a Jon Snow series um, of him beyond the wall in the north. You know, I, I don't have all the details on that, but I, I know that it's taken place. If he's going to be still commanding the Night's Watch, or if he's going to be truly... Be, I don't think that's a very good premise for a series. So I think it's going to be him beyond the wall in the north doing, you know, whatever it is he's going to do. But, I mean, Bran is going to exist in that timeline. Arya is going to exist in that timeline. All these characters that are still alive are going to exist. And I think it gives some really good opportunity to expand that part of the world and, um, you know, maybe get a continuation of those events. But House of the Dragon, I think it's going great. I think, you know, my expectations were so low for this series that uh, I was really drawn in. And knowing where it's going to go, um, I'm hooked. You know, there's some certain things, certain moments that I can't wait to see. And I think it's good that we don't always get what we want from Game of Thrones. How boring would that be? I mean, that's every TV show that you ever see. You know, every movie. You know, you go to a Marvel movie. You go to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, maybe someone might die, but you know who's going to win, right? Bad guy's not going to kill everyone or whatever. You know, you, you, you kind of know, uh, with the exception of, you know, Avengers Infinity War. But we knew that was coming back around, didn't we? We knew that was going to come back around. Thanos won, but, you know, part two. Um, so it's, it's interesting. 
and I think that uh, some people are going to... This series is going to upset a lot of people. Let's just be honest. If, if, if you either know the story or have read the books, you know what's coming up, and you know there's, there's more than one moment that people are going to go, what the F, man? What the fuck? Like, that's some fucked up shit. And I think that's the best kind of TV show. So I think this series has the potential to surpass the original uh, Game of Thrones in terms of um, endearment, you know, and retrospect and, and things like that. So I think that's great. Uh, moving on, let's get into some actual real life news. Um, some of you may care about this and some of you may not, but um, Tulsi Gabbard, who in 2020, you know, tried to run for president. I mean, I guess she did. She tried to get the Democratic nomination uh, for president. She's from Hawaii. Um, she is a practicing Hindu. She has left the Democratic Party. So I think, at least for me, this is not a big surprise. Personally, I would have voted for her had she been the presidential nominee in uh, 2020. She would have gotten my vote. Um, I liked a lot of the ideas uh, that she had. I liked a lot of the, you know, I, she has all, I mean, you could just search her up. There's tons of um, interviews out there and she was slandered and stuff like that. And, and uh, her and Andrew Yang, I thought were in whatever capacity, you know, you can flip them back and forth between president and vice president. I thought that was the ticket. Um, and obviously the Democrats won that election, you know, Joe Biden's president. Um, I don't think a lot of people are happy with their vote for Joe Biden. Um, I didn't personally vote for Joe Biden and I didn't vote for Trump. <clears throat> um, I voted libertarian. Um, because I didn't have confidence in either one of those candidates. Um, I will say that had I not voted Libertarian, I I probably would have voted Trump. I can't really say. Uh, there's some things I, I absolutely... I mean, there's a lot of things, a lot of problems I have with Donald Trump. I think he's an egomaniac, and I don't want to get into all that. Um, and there's an equal amount of things with Joe Biden. However, I, I think that Donald Trump can run the economy better than Joe Biden. I think that I think that if we're if we're being a hundred percent honest, most people have that opinion. Um but most people are willing to say, I will take a president who is not as good at this aspect but is, you know, not as offensive with the things he says. I think that's a trade that a lot of people are willing to make. Um, I think that's a lot of people's thinking that they just hate Trump so much that they'll vote for anyone on the other side. I don't think that it was a win. You know, I don't, I don't think that uh, getting him out of office was a win for the American people. I don't think having him in office was a win. I mean, financially, I think having him in office would be a win. Um, but certainly, you know, there are some bad things about having him in and there are some bad things about not having him in, uh, you know, when it comes to Trump and very polarizing and, uh, interesting, uh, person. I think history, when we look back at this time, when we look back on, on the Trump presidency and this time and whether or not, you know, he's going to win the nomination again and run, uh, I think. I think he plans on running, right? I think history is going to have some real interesting takes on it. Uh, but back to Tulsi Gabbard and Andrew Yang, I would have, if it was Trump versus, you know, uh, Yang Gabbard ticket, I would have voted for Andrew Yang and Tulsi Gabbard. Um, they had some interesting ideas. They're, you know, fresh, young. Um, and I think it's it's sad for Democrats that she's leaving the party because I mean, where's she going to go? She's either going to be a libertarian and not have a chance to really get elected or she's going to be a Republican. So she's definitely probably going to be a Republican. Um, 
what that means for her in Hawaii, I don't know. Um, I don't, I'm not up on Hawaiian politics. I don't know if that means that, um, she's going to lose her seat as a congressperson. Uh, if she's going to run for president as a Republican, I think that would be a great move for her. Um, and I think if she doesn't get it, I could realistically see a Trump Gabbard ticket going forward. Um, if she doesn't win the Republican primary, um, and obviously she would be the vice president on that ticket because we all know that Donald Trump is not going to take a back seat to anyone. His ego would never let him do that. But so that's, you know, the big news of the day is that she's leaving the Democratic Party. Crazy. Uh, uh, war in uh, Ukraine. I don't know too much about, but it's still going on apparently. Um, yeah, that's just crazy. Uh, I don't think anyone's too surprised by it, but it's still crazy seeing it. Let's talk about Werewolf by Night. Um, this, if you haven't seen it, is a special presentation, they call it. Um, it's a it's a 45, 50 minute, a little bit less than an hour uh, movie, black and white. Old monster style, you know, the old universal monsters, the old Frankenstein, you know, that kind of um, cut from that cloth uh, event, movie, whatever you want to call it, episode. It's not a series. Um, it's, a, it's a one-off Marvel show, Werewolf by Night. It's on Disney Plus uh, right now. You can go watch it right now. Um. And as the name said, it's Gael Garcia, um, who my wife immediately recognized. My wife is uh, is from Mexico, and she she said, "Oh, it's Gael Garcia." And I said, "Man, he lo really looks familiar. Where have I seen him?" Well, you know, you quick Google search. He's all over the place. So he plays Jack Russell, the main character, the werewolf. Um, and so they go in, you know. They have this uh, Ulysses Bloodstone character who was the kind of leader, I guess, of this group of monster hunters. This, I don't know if you call it a cabal, a, a, a club, an association, but um, he's died. And after dying, he calls all these guys together, all these, you know, fame moth. This guy has 25 kills and his name is blah, 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 you know. This guy looks like a big Viking, and he's got 37 kills. You know, so he calls all these guys together for a special hunt. And the prize is his family heirloom, the Bloodstone. And this is a... They don't really tell you anything about it. You just see it. It's, it's in this little, you know, this, not little, this intricate, you know, setup, this case. It's red. Everything's in black and white except this Bloodstone is red. You know, bright red. So it's kind of kind of a cool effect. Um, and they, you know, they all gather and his surviving, you know, his wife tells them, you know, he wanted you all to be here. And his corpse is kind of, he has it rigged up to look like one of these old talking machines. And basically the, the, the gimmick is they all have to hunt this creature. They go into this maze one by one and they're going to put the stone, they're going to affix it, the bloodstone, onto this creature's back. And then they're going to cut him loose. Um, which is, I have some questions about that process, but we're not going to get into that because it's all fun. Um, <laughs> I, had, I had a few issues with that, uh, but let's, we're not going to get into it. So they put this, this stone on the creature. They set the creature loose. They send them in, they stagger their entrances, you know, uh, one by one. And, you know, you go in. Once they're in the maze, there's no rules. It's every person, every man, woman for themselves, right? The only weapons you're allowed are the weapons you find in there. So, uh, turns out, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, um, you might want to skip this part. Um, turns out, the creature is Man-Thing, uh, which is not a very well-known character, I would say. Uh, most people have heard the name Swamp Thing from DC. Man Thing was 
created before Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing is a is a rendition, I guess you would say, the DC Comics version of uh, Man Thing. Man Thing uh, was a scientist. I'm gonna butcher this story, but I'm gonna just throw it out, you know, from my memory. Uh, he was a scientist. I think he got in a car accident, and there was like a an enchanted swamp, a magical swamp. I th- I hope I'm not messing this up. It may have even had some like Native American uh, historical significance. But anyways, he ends up a car crash in the swamp, dies. The swamp takes him. He then becomes Man Thing. So, as Man Thing, he doesn't remember his life. He doesn't remember who he is. He's not. Um, he's not like the Hulk, where you know he's still in there. Um, he's a sentient, plant-based, you know, monster basically, um, who operates off emotion. So, off empathy is that is that the right way to say it? Um, here, let me. You know, matter of fact, let me pull this up real quick. Man. Thing. So let me give you a rundown of this. I'm going to go to his wiki. We'll just give you a rundown of his powers real quick. You couldn't tell. That was all off the top of my head. I wasn't like reading that. Um, let's go powers and abilities. Okay, his biography. Let's see if I had this right. Um, da, 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 da. Ted Salas uh, from Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, he's working in the Ever- Everglades, blah, blah, blah. Ah, uh, was he murdered? Oh, okay. He injects himself with a serum, crashes his car into a swamp. Um, magical forces combine to instantly transform him into a slow-moving plant matter creature with large, solid red eyes. So his that's the other thing. His eyes are red, and they're, like, piercing. Like, they're solid red. It's It's really, like, unnerving. Like, uh, he can't speak. Um, and his whole thing is that, so let's get to his powers and abilities. He, he doesn't have like a normal mind. It says he lacks normal human intellect. Um, and he just accidentally, you know, in the comics stumbles upon various crime and horror scenarios, of course. So he kind of, feels like what you're feeling. So if you're the big, so the big one for man thing is fear. If when he comes in contact with you, and this is, you see this in the show, um, Gael Garcia tells uh, Elsa Bloodstone, her character, listen, uh, the monster, his name is Ted. And when you meet him, treat him like an old friend. And the reason for that is because Man-Thing operates off empathy. He, he feels what you're feeling. And then he responds to that in different ways. So if you're feeling, oh, this is my friend Ted. Hey, how's it going, Ted? How you doing? Um, then he's just going to be kind of like indifferent towards you. Hey, you know, what's up? How's it going? But if you're afraid, then when he touches you, you're going to burn Basically, it's going it to just this like fire consumes you and you're I mean, you're very dead. You're gone. So. That's why he kind of tells her, you know, don't be afraid of him. Just greet him like an old friend. His name's Ted. He just has these like dim memories of who he used to be, you know, like, OK, I know that's me. I used to be Ted. You know, that's my name. I don't know why, but that's my name. So, you know, but if you see him, and you're like, oh, my God, you know, then you're fucked, basically. So the whole premise of the show is that uh, Gail Gar- Gael Garcia is there not to hunt Man-Thing. On the surface he is, but really he's there because Man-Thing is his friend. And he wants to get him out of this thing alive before somebody kills him. Um, which, spoiler alert, he ends up doing, obviously. Man-Thing's a cool character. I don't, You know, I think it would be a waste to have him in there to die. So I also don't think that man thing can carry a, a whole series. I mean, maybe I don't think so, especially the way you know, they they did a pretty good job with him in the series. I think he's good as like a sidekick kind of thing. 
and he does have some cool powers, you know, um, some plant, you know, like Swamp Thing, uh, but he's kind of a Groot, you know what I mean? Where he's kind of cool. I don't want to see a baby man thing like baby Groot, but. So, yeah, that's the premise. Uh, some scary moments, some really cool old fashioned horror stuff. This is it's a great show. You know, there is some gore, some blood, some killing that I didn't expect from a Marvel show. I was like, oh, shit. Um, but it's a good Halloween. It's a it's a, it's a great I think it's going to become a classic. I think it's awesome. The big thing for me with Werewolf by Night um, is going forward. Werewolf by Night is probably most, I would say, most famous for being the comic that debuted Moon Knight. Moon Knight, if you're a Disney Plus Marvel fan, you know, exploded uh, this past year. A lot of people, myself included, were waiting years. I mean, if you go back what, maybe 5 6 years ago, um and I'm one of the, you know, the fanboys who had posts about this, you know, on Facebook, there were petitions. I mean, actual petitions. I don't know if they were change.org, but I mean, it was going around, please make Moon Knight. Please, please, please people begging Marvel Comics to make a Moon Knight movie. Um, and it ended up being Disney Plus, which is better, I think. Uh, more listen, Disney Plus is is amazing. You get six to nine, six, you know, anywhere from six at the at the low end to nine. Probably some characters going to be like twelve or more episodes to flesh out who these guys are. Or you get a two hour movie. You know, which would you rather have? You know, give me the give me the episodes, man. Get some backstory, some character development multiple seasons of that and then put them in a movie, you know? Uh, but anyways, Moon Knight was originally hired by this group to kill the werewolf by night. Um, he was a throwaway character, famously. Uh, issue number 32 of Werewolf by Night, 1975. So, he appears, he's a throwaway character, except... People who read the comic loved this character, Moon Knight. They thought he was the coolest thing. And so Marvel had a, a surprise dilemma on their hands. What do we do? You know, let's we have to come up with a backstory. So they did that. So Moon Knight debuts in Werewolf by Night. And we thought that Werewolf by Night was going to debut in the MCU in Moon Knight. There was that scene where he was in the bathroom and he was... He was beating up that dog-like creature, and everyone thought from the trailer, the little teaser trailers they put out, holy shit, he's beating the shit out of Werewolf by Night. Well, it wasn't him, but, you know, we knew Werewolf by Night was coming as a, you know, as a Halloween thing, so, you know, because that was, it, it had been announced, so we thought that was Werewolf by Night. It wasn't. That's fine. Um, but, Come on, we have Moon Knight, we have Werewolf by Night. They're gonna cross paths, right? I would expect, and this is just me, Moon Knight Season 2, he gets sent on that mission to kill the Werewolf by Night, right? And then they end up teaming up, and, and I think that's a great way to do it. I don't think, I don't think that a show about a werewolf... Because, I mean, he changes in the, in the full moon, right? So I think that he's better as a guest character um, or maybe part of a team. You know, maybe the Midnight Suns, maybe the Dark Avengers, something like that. Uh, I think he's better as part of a team like that. Or I don't want to call him a sidekick because he's, he's a cool character, but I think he's better in that capacity. I don't think Werewolf by Night is going to be leading his own... Um, his own show on Disney Plus. And I think Gael Garcia was amazing. I th listen, the whole show was great. I thought everyone, it was perfect. It was perfect for what it was. Um, and it, it gave you the feel that this was an old time movie. Yeah, there was some CGI, but it was very well done. 
Um, it didn't look She-Hulk. Uh, if you know, if you know, you know. Sometimes in She-Hulk, it the CGI is <clears throat> leaves a bit to be desired. <laughs> I thought I thought Werewolf by Night was awesome. I think if you watch it, you're gonna love it. Uh, highly recommend it. Uh, Moon Knight, if you haven't seen it, amazing. Maybe my favorite thing they've done uh, since Disney Plus started. Moon Knight is so different, so interesting um, that it's great. It's an adventure. It's a it's a ride. It's up and down. So yeah, that's um my week. What I've been watching for the week. Uh, should we talk football? I mean. All right, let's talk it. Uh, Baseball playoffs have started. Uh, I don't care. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't care. My my Minnesota Twins absolutely took a nosedive in the second half of the season, and I am um, I'm hurt. (laughs) So I'm not watching the playoffs this year. Um, I don't do that every year, but yeah, I don't. You know, I'm not going to watch. I don't care. I'm out. Um, The big thing right now is where is Odell Beckham Jr. going to land? He's he's getting close to coming back. You know, he's he's been rehabbing and he was certainly I mean, you'd have to be you'd have to be tone deaf to not see what he did last year with the Rams when he stepped in. He was productive. Um and so that's the big question a lot of people have right now is where is he going to go? Where is he going to go? Um, looks to come back in November from his torn ACL. And here's Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers talking about Odell? So, Rodgers is all for it. You know, if he can, and as a Vikings fan, I would hate to see that. <laughs> I would absolutely hate to see Odell Beckham Jr. in a Packers uniform. They have a real need at wide receiver. Um, and adding Odell Beckham would maybe give them uh, what they need to compete in uh, our division. God, I hope not, man. I really hope not. Um, I was actually thinking, imagine what he could do if he joined the Vikings. I mean, we have we have a strong receiving core. You know, our number three is KJ Osborne. He's been solid. Odell Beckham Jr. is an upgrade. You'd be dumb to say he's not. There's nothing wrong with KJ Osborne, um, but Odell Beckham is an upgrade. Imagine. Your 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 three your top three receivers being Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and Odell Beckham Jr. And then in the and then you got Kirk Cousins. Our offensive line is playing pretty good. You have Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison in the backfield. Irv Smith Jr. as your tight end. You know maybe not a a top tight end, but but certainly that's scary. I mean, that's going to give people nightmares. I think if he comes to Minnesota, I think we become uh, a top three Super Bowl pick. You know, I think we become a, a favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, unfortunately, he is. I don't see anybody picking us uh, as a potential landing spot. Most people are picking the Packers, the Bills, or the you know the boring teams: the Packers, the Bills, the Rams. You know, Tampa Bay. And those are probably realistically places he wants to go. It's boring for me. You know, I think he could have a, a real impact uh, with us. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up in Green Bay. I don't know if he wants to go and play there. <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it would be, for him, it would be a good move for the reason that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a clear number one right now. You know, he's got Romeo Dobbs. He's got, you know, Lazard. Those guys aren't real number ones. Odell steps in there. He's number one day one. Um, he's is uh, to steal a nickname from uh, 
from a guy from my Minnesota Timberwolves. He's A1 from day one if he walks into Green Bay. And that's probably what he wants. Because obviously Odell Beckham Jr. is one of the most talented receivers we've seen in a generation. You know, if not of this last 10 years, the most talented, pure talent. I mean, taking nothing away from Justin Jefferson, <clears throat> who I think is the best in the business right now. But Odell Beckham is, is up there. And he's a difference maker. And if he's fully healthy and he can get back to being who he was, a signing like that makes Green Bay legitimate. Because there's a lot of questions right now in Green Bay. And they're still they're a good football team. They're three and two and they're and they're better than their record is. But bringing Odell Beckham in, if I'm the Green Bay Packers, is my number one priority. I'm opening up my wallet. I'm getting Aaron Rodgers to make phone calls behind the scenes. Because they lost Devontae Adams. You know, and he's not looking too happy out there in uh in uh, in uh, Las Vegas, out in the desert. But um, you know, shoved a, a cameraman. But I so I would if I had to put money on it right now, man, I don't know. If I had to put money on it, I would probably say he's going back to LA where he was last year. The two and three Rams, they need him. Um, he takes a lot of pressure off Cooper Cup. A lot. Because I mean, let's be honest, if you're playing against the LA Rams <clears throat> and you're lining up on defense. 90% of the time, you know where the ball's going, right? Cooper Cup catches a lot of passes, more than anyone. He's good at it. So you can just double him every time. And I would challenge most listeners to name the number three receiver for the LA Rams. You know, Robert Woods ain't there anymore. You know, who's their number three receiver? I, I don't even know who it is. So, you know, 12 games last year, Odell had 12 touchdowns. No, seven touchdowns. Seven in 12 games. Is that right? I think that's right. You know, he was a force in the second half of the season last year. You know, and in the playoffs. And I would say he was on his way to being the Super Bowl MVP. So I could see him going back there. I think that's it's probably 75% LA Rams. I think they're probably not even too worried about it. I think they need him. Uh, it's easy for him to come back in there, fit in. He knows the scheme. Um, so I think that's that's where he goes, probably. If he doesn't go there, I see him going to Green Bay, probably. that's I think that's where he makes the biggest impact. And Because let's be honest, people that say, he's going to go to Buffalo because he's friends with Von Miller and Von Miller re recruited him to L.A. Maybe. I mean, he is friends with them. And they do have a legitimate number one quarterback, you know, star quarterback, top three in the league, Josh Allen. But they also have Stefan Diggs. And Stefan's going to eat. He's younger, you know, big contract. He's the guy who's going to get the money. He's the guy who's going to get the ball. And Odell could do what he did in, uh, in L.A. He could come in and absolutely just feast on these, you know, backups, these second and third string uh, D-backs who are not the best on the team. Because let's be honest, you got to put your best on Stefan Diggs. But that what a, what a dilemma, right? It's kind of like the Minnesota thing. Who do you cover? Do you cover Stefan Diggs? You're going you gonna to go two on Stefan Diggs and, and leave Odell one-on-one? -on -one? That doesn't seem smart. So it's, it's a real problem. But he's, he's going to make that problem wherever he goes. If he goes to the right team, he's going to make that problem. <clears throat> the exception is Green Bay. If he goes to Green Bay, he's going to be A1. He's going to get an extension if he plays well. He's going he's gonna to cash in. Maybe not the kind of money he used to get, but he's going to get money. Uh, but he's not going to. He's going to get doubled a lot in Green Bay. Uh, he's not going to get doubled if he comes to Minnesota. He's not going to get doubled if he goes to L.A. He's not going to get doubled if he goes to Buffalo. So that's where he's going to get his numbers, probably. Um, or just look like, you know, the the straw that broke the camel's back in terms of taking a team to the Super Bowl. I don't think on those teams he's a number one option. But um, I don't know where his head's at. I don't know if he's looking to be a number one option at this point in his career or if he's just looking to win. So... Yeah, that'll be interesting going forward to see, uh, you know, what uh, what happens there. 
basketball's back. I'm excited. My Timberwolves. Uh, but it's the preseason, so who cares, right? Nobody really gives a fuck about that. Um, other news. If you're a comedy fan, I watched Andrew Schultz's special on YouTube. Uh, Infamous is the title of it. Find it on YouTube for free. He broke the mold of how stand-up comedy works in terms of specials. So it's Andrew Schultz, if you don't know, is is a, a stand-up comic. He also has a podcast called Flagrant with his friend uh, Akash, I believe is his name. Um, I listen to it. I wouldn't say religiously, but I listen to it, you know, every now and then. It's a great podcast. Their chemistry is off the chain. It's it's hilarious. Andrew Schultz seems like the kind of guy that just lives, you know, in your apartment building or something, or you you knew from school. He's just genuinely cool guy. Doesn't give a shit who you are when he's talking to you. He's gonna treat you like everyone else. Um, and his his special is fucking hilarious, man. It's hilarious. But so the way comedy specials have worked for the longest time <clears throat> is a network uh, pays you money as a comedian. You shoot the special. You sell it to the uh, the network. You know, they pay you money for the special. And then they put it out. So a lot of times these guys will shoot their specials out of their own pocket and then sell it. Um, sometimes the um, the networks will say, hey, you know, we want you to do a special you know, like back in the day, HBO would do a certain number of them every year. You know, that would be the the big thing. You know, the big comedy special of the year, whether it was, um, <laughs> that's my alarm, whether it was um Richard Pryor or Martin Lawrence or whoever it was. You know, George Carlin. Um, and it would be this big over the top production. And now guys, you know, go out and they do their own specials and then they sell it to, you know, whatever streaming service they choose. Well. Andrew, he did that. He he made a special, sold it to Netflix. <clears throat> and then Netflix, you know, he had a deal with Netflix. And Netflix said, we want you to do this, this, and this. We want you to change this. Um, and I'm probably butchering this story. I'm just throwing out what I remember from hearing him say it on, um, I think, on Joe Rogan, some other places. He's talked about it. Uh, with uh, I think I heard him talk about it with Louis C.K., if I'm not right. If I'm not, if I'm not incorrect. Anyways. Um, to sum it all up, the Cliff Notes feature, uh, they wanted him to change some stuff in his special, and he said, "Fuck that, I'm not changing shit." And so the deal fell through, and he decided, "You know what? I'm gonna keep this myself. This is mine. I made this. I'm gonna keep it, and I'm gonna put it out." And so he put it on his website, and he charged fourteen dollars for it, and he went on this, you know, everywhere he went. He was telling people the marketing for this was amazing. It was genius. He put clips out on YouTube on his YouTube, which is pretty big already um, because he puts out clips all the time and he has his, his podcast. Um, So he has a big presence on social media. And so he put out clips from his special, um, which were fucking hilarious. And then, you know, he said, Hey, listen, the special is going to be for a limited time on my website. $14, $14, which is, let's be honest, if if you love a comedian, you're probably willing to pay that for the new special, right? Is it is it a dollar? No, it's not a dollar, but it's, you know, $14, he did it for two weeks. I think that's what it was, two weeks, $14 for 14 days, something like that on his website. Um, Hey, puppy. Hey, puppy. And I missed it. I missed the uh, window for a special. Um, I work third shift a lot. I'm tired during the day and I missed it. And I was pretty, I was pretty upset cause I meant to get it like the last couple days. And I was like, dude, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get on the website and get this special. I really want to see this before it's gone. Um, so he did a good job of creating that sense of urgency. And then he waited, you know, a month or a month and a half or whatever. And he put that shit out on YouTube for free. Legend. And I'm sure there's probably stuff in the, the paywall version that, you know, maybe a little extra here and there or something. Um, but I saw that it was free on YouTube and I said, this is today. I'm watching this today. So I sat down on the couch and watched it and I was not disappointed at all. It was, it was awesome, man. I was, it's pretty rare that I'll watch a comedy special and literally laugh out loud. Even the ones I love, I'll just kind of chuckle or smile. And I was laughing out loud, man. Um, Tom Segura, 
makes me laugh out loud. Um, I absolutely love Joe Rogan's comedy. I usually don't laugh too much out loud. Every once in a while, he'll say something just hilarious. But but Andrew had me just dying, just dying. Um, I think the last time I laughed that much at a special was um, Tony Hinchcliffe did this like this special on Netflix. He had this bit about he went to an auto parts store and the guy was roasting him. And he said he looks like the kind of guy that wears a sleeping cap. And when I, that I listen to Kill Tony, I have since pretty much since it came out, and like every week religiously, it's I look forward to to the episodes dropping because I, I work like I said I work third shifts and I listen to music and podcasts all night and in my car. Um, and that joke was the most perfect savage roast of a guy who is perfect and savage at roasting. It is the hardest I've laughed in years at you know something I heard in a comedy special. And so this is um Andrew Schultz's special made me laugh like that. It was great. Um so if you haven't seen it, it's called Infamous Andrew Schultz, just like it sounds S C H U L T Z. You won't be disappointed. It's on YouTube. It's free. Go watch it. Um other comedy stuff. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot going on. I've I'm kind of out of it. Uh, Bill Burr was just in Minneapolis and I didn't get to go see it. A friend of mine, very good friend of mine, his girlfriend got to go see it. That's how I heard about it. I was so jealous and disappointed. Uh, Bill Burr, legend. You know, if you know comedy, you know Bill Burr. And, and he's like my spirit animal. <laughs> so uh, I think that's it for this week. Thank you for, for listening. Thank you for taking time to join me. Um, I'm going to try to get some guests on here, have some a little bit different flavor. Uh, if you have anything that you would like to see covered on the podcast, um, join my discord. I have a discord. Uh, I'm going to promote it right now. It is tacos here. Let me, uh, let me give you my, so discord, I get, I know not everybody uses discord. Um, but I do. So join my discord if you want, and you can make suggestions about what you want to hear on the podcast, or you can play games with me. I I play games all the time. Um, Call of Duty, some other games, or you can just shoot the shit. Um, My Discord is capital T, the word tacos, no spaces. There's no spaces in this. I'm going to give you the whole thing. It's tacos forever, pound, number sign, 4137. So tacos, number four, Capital E ever, tacos forever, number four one three seven in Discord. So find me, send me a DM. Uh, I'll send you an invitation to my server or whatever. You can join my server, and uh, yeah, we can talk about it. Um, so that's great. Uh, that's all for this week. Um, all I would say is you know appreciate each day, and tell somebody you love them. Thanks so much for listening in, and uh, until next time.